After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots in the for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. When Lisa and I went to college, there was this new thing that people were talking about, and I was so confused about what it was, because a friend came up to me, he's like, are you on Facebook? I'm like, what's a Facebook? That sounds so, like, (laughs) stupid and dumb. Um, He's like, oh, you know, he explained kind of what it was, and it was definitely in its infancy. It had just launched, like, maybe a year earlier, but it was still in, like, its beta form where you had to have a college student email address to even be able to sign up for Facebook. So it was like this new thing and people were kind of like just starting to get into like what social media was because Facebook was definitely the forerunner of that. And I remember it kind of starting to take that weird twisted turn pretty early on where people would be comparing each other by how many friends they had on Facebook. Now, at this point, we know, you know, after years and years of Facebook being out that it's like if you have a really large friend count number, it's not like you're actually friends with this many people. But early on, it was kind of like, oh, man, do I like I should probably make my friend count higher because I don't have like a great social life or whatever. Right. When you're comparing yourself to more <laughs> popular people on campus or whatever. And today that stuff still actually happens on Instagram and YouTube and on uh, all these other social media platforms, TikTok and and still Facebook as well, where we have these things called vanity metrics that don't really mean anything. Like, it's not like the people who came up to me and said, I've got 600 friends on Facebook. (laughs) They don't actually have 600 close, strong friendships (laughs) where they take a bullet for each other. It's like, no, they probably just found 600 people that were just able to click the like they, they click the button they probably had a whole bunch of like invites to be friends that never got touched right and that's how they got that number up high but the number didn't mean anything it was a vanity metric it was really only there to make you feel good <laughs> like it doesn't uh say anything about how much influence you actually have it doesn't say anything about how much impact you're actually making it doesn't even say how many friends you actually have because it's not really r- real number it's just a vanity metric and organizations, nonprofits especially, get sucked into have, looking too much at vanity metrics, mm-hmm. and that can be extremely dangerous. So that's going to be the conversation we're having today, talking about the dangers of vanity metrics. This is going to be a great conversation because there are so many things within the nonprofit world where we look either at the wrong metrics because they're the ones that everyone's talking about, or we try and force these metrics to make ourselves feel good about what we're doing. It's like we have this many people who like our page on whatever thing. Um, And it's interesting from someone who just watches nonprofits to see what nonprofits like post stuff and they might have thousands of followers, but maybe no engagement. Um, Or some nonprofits have a ton of people who it looks like are paying attention to them, but then they run a fundraiser and really can't raise any money for the mission or the cause that they're trying to accomplish. On the flip side, there might be a nonprofit 
that when you look at them, you're like, you're doing good work. It doesn't seem super impressive from the outside. And they put off a fundraiser and right away have $10,000, $15,000. And you're like, wait a second, where did those people come from? Because they're not out there trying to show how great their work is. They're just doing the great work. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely uh, both sides of this. We're not saying that having large numbers on different platforms is a good or a bad thing, but we've seen organizations run after those numbers and have a shell of what looks good from the outside. And what happens is the leaders end up feeling incredibly alone um, and struggling internally because they're trying to always keep up this facade that everything is as big as they're trying to portray on social media. Yeah, and it's really true. Whatever you measure the most ends up being the thing that you are focused on the most. And if you're focused on vanity metrics, really what you're looking for is an ego boost. Mm-hmm. You just want to feel good about how your organization is doing. And and don't get me wrong. It's really nice to wake up in the morning and say, wow, we're accomplishing something. This feels really good. But if that's the only thing you're doing, you're going to end up putting just whitewashing what's actually going on. It's going to put up blinders to the things that you really should be measuring Mm -hmm. and paying a lot more attention to. Yeah. So I think that right there, if we're talking about the dangers of vanity metrics, one of the first thing that pops into my mind, one of the main dangers is that your focus ends up simply on the wrong thing. You just kind of started this conversation, but it's so easy to get focused on the one metric that you want to change. Maybe it's the number of followers you have. Maybe it's the number of people who Um, are on your email contact list. Maybe it's the number of people that you're sending out postcards to. Maybe there are just these different things that you do and you're like, if we can just get that number up, everything else will fall into place. Um, Sometimes that can be beneficial. But if the issue within your organization isn't that front end number, but maybe it's the system or the follow up or the actual human connection or those other touches or whatever that might look like, you might be focused on one thing, thinking thinking that's going to solve all your problems, um, but because you have your blinders on and that's the only thing that you can see, you're missing the red flags and the sirens that are going off all around you saying, look at me, this is the thing that's actually broken, but because it's not within what you're focused on, you might just be missing it. Um, and that's a problem that we see with a lot of nonprofit organizations. It's unfortunate, but there's one in particular that I know that just thinks, you know, the more people that we can get our stuff out to, like eventually all of our other issues will be solved. But the issue isn't that they don't have enough people to contact. The issue is that their system after they make contact contact, is almost not even there. Hmm. And so once they make contact, there's no way to get that person to become connected to the organization because there's really nothing for them to connect to because the other systems and structures and people haven't been built up for that connection to actually take place. Um, But it sounds really good. This is how many people we emailed last month. (laughs) That number sounds fantastic. It's definitely vanity metric. Right. And when you think about especially like follow-up being a big issue in that specific situation, It's such an easy thing to forget about because you have this beautiful glowing number in front of you. This is how many people we contacted. But the reason that we get some of these vanity metrics like that in our head in the first place is because this is usually what we see 
on the outside of other organizations that are doing great work mm-hmm. because there's a, a way to track your the things you should be measuring in a way that actually helps grow those vanity metrics the right way. Mm-hmm. It's like I could go and hang a bunch of apples on the tree outside in our yard. It doesn't make it an apple tree. Like <laughs> the root structure, the things that are actually happening inside of the tree yeah. are what cause it to produce fruit, not <laughs> me hanging apples on it. And I think the vanity metric problem is really just that. It's organizational leaders trying to find ways to just hang fruit on a tree rather than look at how do we grow this in a way that the vanity metrics are a byproduct, not the main product. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, do you have any particular dangers? Otherwise, I have one Go I for just it. run with. Um, another big danger that people don't think about, but that we see consistently, is vanity metrics, when they're focused on, uh, can create a lot of loneliness for the leaders. And here's what I mean. If you are an organization that maybe got started in the last two or three years and things are going pretty good, you're like, we've got a few volunteers, we've been raising funds, we're starting on some big projects, we have some like good things happening. What happens sometimes, because we all have a little bit of ego, um, is we want to show our organization is bigger, we are doing more, our projects are grander, all of these things are happening. And what happens when what you're putting out there and what's happening behind the scenes don't line up is you actually put yourself in a negative position to be able to connect with other leaders. Um, Other leaders will sometimes look at that and be like, oh, man, they're too big for me to get to know. You lose out on networking possibilities. People who might want to help your nonprofit in the startup and in the infancy stage, I'll look at it and they say, man, they have everything they need. They're established. They don't need my help. Volunteers who feel like maybe they don't have a lot to offer, but they do want to help somewhere might look at what you're putting out there and say, oh man, they have people who are really skilled. I don't know if they can even use my stuff. I'm going to go find somewhere that seems like they're going to be a little bit more grateful for what I have. Hmm. Um, And sometimes what we put out there actually stops us from being able to make those connections with people who can help us. Um, either help our organization or just be friends with us long term. I know uh, there was a season of our lives in nonprofit work where we had a lot of volunteers and it was hard to make friends. Um, some leaders, if they were bigger or smaller, you know, you're always trying to learn from people. But some sometimes it was just hard to make the connections because it feels like no one else knows what you're going through. And when you put yourself out there as a successful, established nonprofit, if you're not actually in that position, when you meet with leaders in that same area, you're going to have a hard time relating to them. And they're going to feel like you're not who you said you were. But then if you try and connect with other smaller nonprofits that are still in the process of being established, they might see you as intimidating because they think you already have it all together. Mm -hmm. It's very, very interesting how sometimes trying to look good um, to make sure everything is shiny and perfect and bigger than it is can really uh, create an island that you're kind of stuck on and it's hard to get off of. Yeah, that's really, really good to keep in mind because it's weird. Statistics, you know, when you look at causal relationships from the wrong angle, they can lead you down some really destructive paths. And, um, you know, we look at vanity metrics a lot of time as like, if I had this many 
subscribers on YouTube, then that means that I have this many views, which means that I have this much money coming in, right? Or whatever. But that's not always true. Vanity metrics don't, they're more of a, uh, a cause of a lower metric or like a more in, inside mm-hmm. and hidden metric. You know, the amount of subscribers is actually tied to how many views you're getting and how many views you're getting is tied to the quality of your content or whatever it might be, right? So the the challenge that comes with these vanity metrics is recognizing, first of all, that you're looking at a vanity metric. Yes. Because it can disguise itself really easily as something where you're like, well, if I talk to 500 people and the close rate is 5%, then I just, you know, we just need to get that number 500 up. And while that's kind of true, a lot of organizations are missing out because in reality, they could actually make their uh, close rate or whatever you want to call it go up to 15, 20% just by making sure they had better systems so people don't fall through the cracks, so people feel cared about, so people want to volunteer and want to donate to their organization. They could raise that that smaller percentage number a lot. It's not just a, like a numbers game like, oh, well, I've just, you know, I've got to get a thousand people to come to our event. And then from that event, we know that we'll get this much percentage or whatever. Um, that may not be the solution you're looking for. And a lot of times isn't the solution that you're looking for right now, mm-hmm. especially with nonprofits. It's all about like really igniting that core group of people and that grows from the inside. And then those vanity metrics do in turn kind of fall like dominoes. Mm-hmm. But you need to remember they are not the they're they're a they're not the end that you're looking for. They're yeah. they're a mean they're not even a means to an end. They're just like byproduct. These vanity mm-hmm. metrics are usually just a byproduct. I want to say another uh like really big dangerous thing about <clears throat> vanity metrics is that we can be tempted to try to protect those numbers Mm, and this is really really dangerous yeah let's say you know this is a number that makes you feel really good and you know like wow being able to share this is a great marketing position or whatever so there is a natural fear response that will kick in when that number that vanity metric number is threatened the thing about vanity metrics is they're easy to puff up with zero improvement of your organization you can temporarily puff those numbers and not have actually grown as an organization so and when you're scared and you're in that fear response from watching that vanity metric get threatened it's really tempting and super super hard to say well it's tempting to say let's just just this one time let's send out a big marketing splash and get more people in so that way this vanity metric can like stay on top mm-hmm. um, rather than saying why are our metrics falling yeah there was a organization that we got to see who ran an event and they had an event that went super well a lot of people came uh they had fun i talked to the leader afterwards and it was really really successful um well a couple of years later when another event was done the organization was really focused on getting the same number of people there because they had just been blown away. Like they were just like, what if we could do it again? Um, But that metric, which wasn't an actual like metric, like not a good lead indicator, it would have been a good leg indicator, but it became the metric um, that this event that had turned into a fundraiser 
they were so worried about not hitting the number that they started giving away the tickets for free. And so they ended up with a good vanity metric at the end afterwards, followed up, and they were like, yeah, we got this many people. Um, But they didn't raise as many funds as the first time around simply because instead of getting focused on what it was that they were really trying to do, what the core of the thing was, um, they got focused on this vanity number of it has to be like this. It has to have this many people. It has to have this many things. It has to have this many events going on. It has to have this main give. Like there were just so many other things that became the focus versus if they would have looked at and said, forget the vanity metric, this event is going to be smaller. Instead of going for thousands, we're going to go for 50 and we are going to get the right 50 people in the door and do this fundraiser. Like they would have ended up with a way bigger outcome, but it wouldn't have sounded as impressive the images and the referring to it afterwards and the pictures and the other things that we kind of saw as we were just observing. Um, It just wouldn't have turned out the same. And it really was just that the big number got stuck in this organization's mind. And that was what they started chasing. That doesn't mean that they weren't doing good work or helping people or any of the other stuff behind the scenes. But as we started to watch that happen, it really kind of deteriorated some of the other things that had been in place. And eventually, a lot of the systems that actually made the events originally successful began to crumble. And then it became a J-curve, which we yeah. talked about a few so we times. We talked about J-curves. You also mentioned lead and lag indicators. And there's an mm-hmm. episode on the podcast about that as well. It's a really, really good thing to keep in mind, especially when you're talking about metrics in general. Mm-hmm. But the the problem uh, well not the problem one of the many many (laughs) many problems with focusing on these vanity metrics is that they they obscure your vision to be able to look at and diagnose the actual problem Mm -hmm. so in that example that you were talking about if they would have if they instead of saying we need to get this many people to the event um and our numbers aren't looking like they're going to get there instead of saying we need to figure out how to get many this many people to the event they should have been asking, why aren't people wanting to come to this? Mm-hmm. They should have been asking, what's the problem? Like, what what are we doing wrong? Uh, you know, like, did we increase ticket prices? Okay, no. Then what? Then why aren't as many people wanting to come? Was the last event like a big letdown for some reason? Like, was the last event just something that people realize like, oh, I thought this was going to be X and it ended up being Y. Like this, this asking of the question and digging in past the vanity metric is so important, but the vanity metric obscures the ability to do that because you're so focused on just hitting that and getting that up to where it is. Think about another example, like losing weight, for example, right? If you, your goal was to look better and feel healthier and and be thinner and you step on the scale and you lost 15 pounds of water weight, you might feel really great about it in the moment and say, wow, I lost 15 pounds. It's so great. You don't look any different. You don't feel any different. You have not actually achieved your goal, but you've tricked yourself into thinking you've you've done it. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, then you drink a glass of water and you poof back up like a like a piece of popcorn, but (laughs) can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But seriously though, like getting to understand 
what is a lag end indicator, which you just look at at the back end of it and say, this is kind of like a red flag, but it's not the solution. We can't just make that one look better and fix it. I mean, this is how uh, big financial organizations get in trouble mm-hmm. when they look at their financials and they're like, oh my gosh, we haven't hit the amount of you know profits or whatever. Like our books aren't looking right. Rather than fixing the actual problem, they just cook the books. Yeah. <laughs> they get they get like they go to jail. Okay. Yeah. We have to keep that in mind. And that happens with nonprofit leaders too. Right. Well, if you're paying attention at all right now to a bunch of tech companies, it's interesting because there are certain industries right now and certain companies that are just laying off hundreds of workers. And I read a story about one of them. Um that in their mission statement talks about how they value, they want people to know that they're valued, um, that they care about their families. And then they looked at their books and the end of the quarter was coming up and they didn't have the profit that they needed to go back to their owners and show the thing. So they laid off almost 200 people in one swoop. <laughs> and everyone was like, what about your values? What about the fact that you said X, Y, and Z? And instead of going through and saying, Here's where we're at. We might need to do something. And, you know, having that conversation while being honest about where the profit was, where the revenue was, all of those different things. And then asking the question, is this something that we need to make other adjustments over time? Do there need to be layoffs or um, is there something else that we can be doing? Is this a short term slump? Is this a long term thing? Like all those questions, they just cut them. That way their numbers would pop up right before the end of the quarter, and then they could post numbers that looked really, really good. And so it was an interesting thing to watch because in an instant, the vanity metric, which you want it to be your leg indicator, good profit. But when you look at it from a vanity metric where we need this to look shiny on a piece of paper so that as we're handing it out, people think we're successful, it completely undercut all of their value systems. It undercut everything that they had been hiring for. It undercut everything that they said that they stood for. And nonprofit leaders do this, I don't want to say all the time, but it's really easy to fall into this where we say the vanity metric in the short term is more important than our long-term vision because we can fix our vision next time. We can do it different next time. We can get there next time. And they don't realize that in the moment that the vanity metric comes above um, what the actual values of the organization are, they are starting the death process of their organization. It is so incredibly dangerous. And destructive. I Absolutely. mean, the organization that was <laughs> laying off people in spite of their vision and their mission statement um, to make their vanity metrics look better, not only are they paying a price in that They've sacrificed their integrity, but we live, we just talked about this last, last week, I believe, where we were talking about how when you do something wrong, we live in an information age. Everyone can see it. Everyone can see it. Everyone can smell it. Everyone can taste it. It's so easy to see when an organization is being disingenuous. Um, And if you, even if you do a perfect job and no one catches a whiff, guess what? your organization is still rotting on the inside because rather than taking care of the root of the problem that caused your vanity metric to slip, you just, you just shined it up a little bit. I mean, it's literally, you polished a turd. It's like, yep. it, it's the exact Congratulations, same thing. Congratulations, your hands are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will say finding out what these vanity metrics are can be really, really tricky. We are trying to be serious about the process, but we're not trying to make light of the fact that it can be hard to look at something and say, maybe there's an issue, like an actual issue. So if you're not sure what vanity metrics you might be measuring, maybe you're someone who isn't measuring any of them. Congratulations. Um, But if you're someone who's like, I might be paying attention to the wrong things, start paying attention to what you get defensive of. Ooh, that's good. Uh, Defensiveness or frustration. Um, And then look at it and say, is this an actual metric I should be paying attention to? And if it's something where you start to feel that defense, Ask yourself the question, not what's wrong with the number, but what's wrong with my organization and what's wrong with my leadership, that this number is going this way. It might be something that you're not expecting. You might need to have some conversations with some of your key volunteers or your staff um, or other leaders. You might just need to take a moment to step back and really figure out what metrics you should be following. But the moment you start getting defensive about a number associated with your organization or the way that uh, the image of your organization is being projected. First, ask yourself, what's going on in me that is causing this reaction? Because as a leader, the things that we defend as leaders are the things that the people we lead will begin to defend. And you do not want them defending the wrong things because it'll hurt everyone. I mean, even if it's just you doing it, it still hurts your organization. But when you teach the people that you lead to look at the wrong things, eventually it's going to cause other issues that you won't even know about until it becomes a new story. Mm-hmm. Like that company. Because at that point, <laughs> it wasn't the people that were getting the report that caused the news story. It was the managers who were trying to clean it up for the report. And so make sure that you're asking the questions and really just kind of checking your ego at the door it's okay. (laughs) And just asking what's going on here and what am I not understanding and seeing? Right. And it's really important when there is an issue to really dig in and figure out what the root of the issue is. I mean, usually the vanity metric is just that it's, it's vanity. It's on the outside. It's the first and easiest thing to notice. So if you get good at asking the question, why is that number like that? Okay. Why is that like that? okay, why is that like that? And just drill down deep and figuring out what is actually the root cause of your vanity metric to slip. Because that, you know what? Vanity metrics are useful. Absolutely. They're useful as a tip-off. They're a flag. They say, hey, time to look at your whole organization. Because usually vanity metrics are a culmination of a bunch of different things you're doing mm-hmm. leading up to this one number. So maybe maybe your vanity metric that, you need, that you're focusing on so much right now is your funding. Maybe you're looking at funding, you're like, oh my gosh, okay, good. We raised 5000 this month. We got to do another 5000 next month. And as long as we can do that, we can do the things that we're trying to do. And you feel good about that. But funding, <laughs> that is a, a cumulative yes. uh, yield, <laughs> right? Like that's the thing yeah. that comes from really great vision, really great uh, execution on that vision, really great uh, caring for the volunteers and the people in your organization, as well as the don't, like any one of those things are fail points. But when you look at just the end and you say, oh, we just need to get funding up, that doesn't like that doesn't help you pinpoint what the fail point was or mm-hmm. multiple fail points. And so get good at asking why, especially when you're looking at something that is kind of the final conclusion of all of the work that you've been doing. Things like event attendance, things like volunteer numbers, things like 
uh, funding goals, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we talked a ton about, uh, we haven't talked a ton about so far in this episode about volunteers, but just to say, oh, we need to get volunteering up. Okay, so the this is the goal that we want. We want 100 volunteers. We have 70. Why do we only have 70? Is the is the reason because we're not trying to recruit enough or is the reason because we have really bad turnover because people hate volunteering with our organization mm-hmm. like and then within that, there are a whole bunch of different reasons why things could be not panning out the way that you want. And so yeah. to just put a blanket statement, and say, oh, we just need to recruit more like that doesn't solve it doesn't the real solve problem. the issue. And then with that, when you hit a point, maybe you have a healthy number of volunteers, the way that we communicate about vanity metrics, when they're worth communicating about is really important too. So at one point, Ted and I were leading, I'd say co-leading a team, and we had, I don't know, 100, 150-ish volunteers at one point between the two of us. And we led a lot of our stuff together. We did some stuff separately. But we had to be careful because when we would be talking to the volunteer teams, we, I don't think we ever told anyone, here's how many people we lead. Because we didn't want the people we were leading to feel like they were just a number, Hmm. that they were just another person. We wanted each person to know that they were uniquely important in their position and we were grateful for them. Um, But then also when we would be talking to other people, I always kept it in check. I never wanted to be like, well, here's how big our teams are compared to other volunteer leaders, because I didn't ever want anyone to feel like we didn't need them or we didn't have a place for them. Mm-hmm. And so we had way fewer volunteer positions than we had volunteers. Because any person who raised their hand and was like, I want to serve with you, we made up roles for people. We created <laughs> yeah. things to do. We created projects. We wanted everyone to know that they had a home and that they had a space. And so be careful because vanity metrics, like they're good to know what you eventually want to have happen is the metric turn from a vanity metric into a proper leg indicator and know what the lead indicator is. So you can kind of keep an eye on it, but it's not driving what you are doing. And once you hit your goal, be very careful about how you communicate it because it can be really easy to walk into a room and be like, here are all my successes. I want people to know. But when we approach our organizations like that and our volunteers and other organizational leaders and people that we're networking with, when we come in with that attitude, it can change the atmosphere of the conversation. And we want to be careful in how we're approaching that because we want to make sure that the people around us understand our heart for the work that we're doing and also our heart for the people that we are doing it with. So just be very, very conscious of what you're saying and how you're measuring. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, man, I probably have some digging to do in my organization. I need to kind of figure out what I've been looking at that may be a vanity indicator or vanity vanity metric versus uh lead indicator or you know all these terms that are floating around when you're in the trees and you're in the forest it can be hard to see the trees Mm -hmm. the individual trees and so that's what we love to do is help organizational leaders uh by kind of providing our outside perspective and looking and saying hey these are the things you should be measuring here are the things you're currently measuring and so we would love to hear from you if you got questions about it, if you'd like to talk to us about helping out specifically with your organization, you can always send us an email to office at legacybuildersintl.com.
Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersInternational.com. Thank you.